Welcome to Casting Nets Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Pastor Will Harley. I am joined here by the already awesome, stupendous Pastor Dave Rudat. Why don't yeah, you say hi? Yes, hello, um, and dear listeners. It's, gr- it's great to have you with us and listening, and uh, it's great to be in this studio with the... Uh, I'm looking for adjectives, Will Harley, to describe <laughs> other people, and uh, and it's great to have you here as we're talking about a scandalous story, and uh, so how was your Christmas, Will Harley? Did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? Um, You know, I actually, I, I really didn't get much for Christmas, and I wasn't really looking for anything, so I guess I got everything a I wanted. A baby in a manger? Were you looking for a baby in a manger? I didn't have to look too far for that <laughs> one. That one just sort of, um, he sprang out of nowhere. And, <laughs> he didn't and wait for you. He, he did, did he? not wait for me at all. Um, he he kind of showed up on the scene, and it was wonderful. Um, we had a great worship opportunity. Um, the weather kind of put a poo-poo on on our our children being able to do a dress rehearsal. Mm. But they did a stupendous job on uh, on Christmas Eve, uh, bringing God's word to God's people in song and in uh, recitation. And so they did just a, a fabulous job there. Um, couldn't complain. Uh, Christmas Day, we gathered, sang a bunch of wonderful carols, and had the the nine, eight readings, nine readings, um, leading up to uh, um, John one. John one, which is perfect, right? In one sentence, John does what the other gospel writers, Matthew and Luke, took at least a paragraph or a chapter to handle. Um, you know, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we got to talk about that a little bit in little sermonettes as we approached. We so. also had a really good uh, Christmas Eve service. We had a lessons and carols on Christmas Eve after in the afternoon. And so our choir and bell choir were part of that. And my kids were home from high school and college. And uh, they were able to participate in that. Then on Christmas Eve evening, we had a children's program that uh, my wife and I wrote called Questions at Christmas. And it went really well. And one of my um, bucket list items was to have my daughters sing um, Mary's Lullaby. And they did a fantastic job. And then um, even though the weather was poor on Christmas Eve, there were still uh, quite a few people there. And then Christmas Day was great to preach on John 1. Um, And at the same time, we've had some illness hit the Rudot household. And so we're kind of working our way through that. And, uh, and you lost a, a, a feathery friend? We lost, yeah, one of my chickens uh, froze to death in the storms. So that was a sad, kind of a sad moment, but then also a, um, it's just a fact of life. This, these things don't last forever. Yeah. And then I did get my best Christmas gift, well, besides Jesus, of course, was the fact that a, one and of my family. kids, yeah, my kids were grateful like the day after they received a gift like and it was one of those things where yeah you teach your kids to be grateful up for the gift that they received and to say thank you and some some of that is law motivated like now what do you say and and all those kinds of things and you're like oh, i wish i could just they could just be thankful and a day after christmas one of my girls came up and said thanks for these gifts dad and i just thought oh, this is cool this was all the stuff happening in the background like you think you gotta uh talk to them you know you know like you got to be thankful and it, it's always about the law and always about behavior but then it's a reminder that it really what m- changes a person's attitude is grace is the gospel 
and that worked in her heart behind the scenes. And so that she came to me and said, dad, thank you for that. And that was probably the best Christmas gift that I got was the gratefulness of my, of my child. You know, the, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that, that we have to come to terms with is that, um, the gospel works not on our timetable, but on God's timetable. And as we continue to reach out with the gospel and sharing the gospel and encouraging with the gospel, it might not be when we want it, but those things think in, um, and, and the Lord changes hearts. Um, you know, we think the quick, the quick result of the law is what we want, but it really isn't what we want. We want the lasting effects of the gospel and what it brings. So good job for you. Yeah. So it was a great Christmas. And today we get to talk about an awesome father. We do, but much bef- better father than myself or yeah. or you or anybody we know. But before we do fathers, that, but we bef- should we should do a disclaimer. We should do a disclaimer. This is the last of disclaimer of the year. Of the year. Could we do <laughs> could we do it in tandem? Like you start the sentence and me finish it? Probably not. Probably not. I, I know I don't want to go the other way, because if I start a sentence, I know where you might end up some of those <laughs> um, I just think that, you know, just a reminder that as just two pastors starting a conversation, we have an opportunity to talk with you uh, about our thoughts on the text, about real life, living faith, how it interacts with us. It's the beginning of this conversation. We don't intend to aggravate you. Um, at least Pastor Rudat doesn't intend to aggravate you. Um, but uh, if you are aggravated, you can shut us off. That is fine. Come back, listen a little bit later after we've gone over the aggravating part. Um, and uh, um, you can reach us if you want to continue the conversation, of course, through our Facebook uh, page, through um, our email, castingnetspod at gmail.com. Um, probably better talk to us in person, right? Come to worship. Um, here at St. John Maribel on Sunday, 9 o'clock, or you can go to Emmanuel Shirley um, on Sunday worship as well, 9 o'clock. And if you like what you have to say, what we have to say today, if there's something that really resonates with you, we encourage you to share, it with, <laughs> share it with <laughs> other people. <laughs> And uh, give us a good review. Uh, don't give us five stars. Give us four, because if we have two f- five stars, we know we're not that good. That uh, that there is some room for improvement for us. But uh, four stars would be great. Winning Share it with your tickets. friends. Yeah. <laughs> 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 My daughter says that that's how she's gonna. Um, that's how she. That's what she wants to do in life is win the lottery. And I told her, I said, Hey, you could uh, you could buy the lottery because right now, whatever the major lottery one is, is five hundred and something. Yeah, five hundred some million. And then my my son, without skipping a beat, says, You know, I, you could do the alternative, which is which has a greater chance of happening, which is getting struck by lightning twice in the same day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is about right. That is about right. Well, let us go to. Uh, our our pre show, huh? And then we can. We, have we a, are in the pre show. Well, we're in. Let's go to the show. Let's go. To the- How about that? We'll go to the show. So. Welcome back as we start our look <clears throat> at um, the last show of this year for 2022. And we are going to be looking at Luke chapter 15. And we are really going to be 
focusing our attention here, uh, starting on verse 11, right? Yeah, you could do verses 1 and 2 just for context about who's in the audience. We and could. You look in the audience in, in uh, Luke chapter 15, it says, All the tax collectors and sinners were coming to Jesus to hear him, but the Pharisees and the experts in the law were complaining, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so that then brings us here to our lesson, <clears throat> starting uh, the heading that the EHV gives, and most of them, I think, gives something similar. Uh, the lost son, the prodigal son, things that you probably have heard before. Uh, starting at verse 11, Jesus said, A certain man had two <clears throat> sons. The younger of them uh, said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them, not many days later, the younger son gathered together all that he had and traveled to a distant country. There he wasted his wealth with reckless living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He would have liked to fill his stomach with the corib pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. I'm going to pause there. I think I think we have some some things that we can talk about before we move on to, uh, from there into to some of the results of his thoughts. Right. Yeah, and the first of all, we have to we 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 read it in Luke chapter fifteen, but we didn't get a chance to really talk about uh, who is there, who's in the audience, who are the people that are, that are coming to hear Jesus, and you have two very diverse groups. You have the one group, which is the uh, tax collectors and sinners. So you have the political enemies of the time. If you are a tax collector, even if you were a nice guy, if you uh, you work for the Roman government, so therefore you are the the, the enemy. And a lot of times, maybe we can see a lot of uh, parallels to today, where you would have, oh, you're on, you work for the government, you work for the IRS, or you boo and hiss, and that kind. Of, you work for Congress, boo and hiss, that kind of thing. Um, so that it, those are the people that are coming to Jesus to hear him speak. You also have sinners, which is your uh, your cultural identification of who sinners are. Like we, we as as individuals, we like to classify sins. Like there are some sins that are just big no-nos. Like you shouldn't do those things. And whatever they might be. And in Jesus's day, there were that class of people, of people who did things that culturally the people around them said, oh, this is a big no-no. You shouldn't do that. And so you are a real sinner. And we have this uh, propensity as human beings to want to, to classify who is worse than we are because we want to make ourselves feel better. I think uh, that's a really good, um, I think that's a, a pastoral look at this where um, these people who are viewed by society as uh, outcasts, as beyond hope, beyond forgiveness, beyond any help, they're coming to Jesus and they're getting help. Well, and I, and I, I think just to be fair um, from a worldly standpoint, if we were going to remove the gospel from the picture, right, from a worldly standpoint, the Pharisees wouldn't be wrong. I, I, really, they wouldn't. I mean, you have a guy who's acting like he's an upstanding citizen, a guy who does really good things, and he is associating with the very worst of society. And, and I think 
any good parent, right, would have said, you're a good kid. Don't associate with the bad ones because you are bad by association. I, I think, you know, the, the scandalous nature of the entirety of this text comes in the sense that that these Pharisees who are gathered, um, when, when they are coming together, these experts in the law, they should know the gospel, and they have purposely denied it. They sh- yeah, they should know their heavenly father, what kind of guy he is, what kind of God he is. Yeah, and- he has reached out to Gentiles. He's reached out to sinners. He's reached out to those who have disobeyed, including the people of Israel <laughs> numerous times. They, these are things they should have known, um, the things that they should have embraced. I know this has become the running trend probably of almost every parable is that is that we have this class of, of theologically uh, trained people, for the most part, who are theologically blind to the very the very core of of the gospel, the very core of what God is doing throughout history and throughout time as He works with His people and with the world, and, and that becomes an issue. And so Jesus gives them a couple of parables, right, to to help try to um, refocus their attention not on themselves. Uh, refocus their attention not on what they think. Um, you know, this is the the schwammer in all of us. This is the uh, the enthusiast, you might say, in all of us that says it's all about me, right? How am I going to have my reaction? And he removes that and he says it, it doesn't matter about you. I like how you say <clears throat> say that because he is addressing these parables to both the tax collectors, sinners, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. So they're both coming to him, and his answer is going to be the same. It's always about the Father. Who is he? Um, and and what are, are his characteristics? And which characteristics do you um, focus on? Which characteristics do you sometimes miss? Um, and and to have all of that in view, to change your worldview, to change your heart as to who your God is and how you interact in society. Well, and and if you really, when you put it into the context of the text, right, you know, the very first two examples that he gives are really directed to the sinner, right? To the one that 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 the Pharisees are saying aren't worth it. Um, the, 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 the two illustrations that come... Uh, first, are directed specifically towards them. Mm-hmm. The one that we're dealing with today, though, <clears throat> the prodigal son, um, that one is really dealt with saying, we're, we're expanding this out. This isn't just uh, uh, dealing with the sinner, um, but now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the story around and I'm going to have God the Father deal with, with you, Pharisee, you, you know, um, sinner. sinner. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have him deal with both. And you're going to find out it, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with either of you, <laughs> which really becomes the scandal because uh, Jesus is ripping the rug out from, from all of them and saying, you're all bad. It, it doesn't matter from which angle you're coming at. It doesn't matter from which area you, you think you're approaching. All of you are bad. And, and that brings us into the very first section that we read, right? The very first section that we read is you, you have this case of, of a son coming uh, you have two sons being introduced. A certain man had two sons. We're not told who the man is. doesn't really matter at this point because it's more the attributes of the man than the name of the man. We don't even know the name of the kids. Um, but he has two sons. He has an older. He has a younger. Uh, the younger goes, and, and here's the thing that is shocking. The younger goes and he says, yeah, Father, give me my share 
of the estate, right? So, so first of all, Jewish law says the younger deserves nothing. <laughs> one third. One third. Yeah. Okay. So the older son almost would nothing. Get two thirds, and the younger, yeah. So I mean, whatever it, the shares are. Whatever so the whatever shares the, are. So you you divide up your shares. So if you have two sons, uh, one third, and then two thirds goes to the older son, one third goes to the younger son. Yeah. And if you have more sons, large, you got to come up with the shares, and right. the oldest always gets two shares. Right. Yep. But it but it ends up being where it's 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 pit, probably pittance from what the dad has, and but that's not the point. The point is is he's asking for an inheritance. Now in in all cultures, but especially in Jewish culture, inheritance is given at point of death. It, it is not given out earlier. You get your inheritance when you're dead. You're considered dead. You're gone. And and the thing that I always I, I step back and I look at and and it's it's a probably a point of silence. <laughs> I'll I'll admit it. The older brother says nothing. Do do, do you ever get that? So you have you have the younger brother who goes to the father and says, "I demand, I, I quite literally, Dad, I demand you to die, and I demand you to give over the inheritance." The older brother doesn't say, "Wait a second, quit it," right? Because the older brother is going to get the inheritance too. As soon as it's split, he gets his stuff as well, which we're going to see at the end, mm-hmm. right? So both, I think, are complicit in it. That, and I know it's an argument out of silence, but I think both are complicit. Both of them are looking at it and saying, yeah, I, I, I want my stuff. Or it could be that the father says to the older son, here's your two-thirds share. And the older son says, I didn't ask for this. I wasn't complicit in this. So it, right, it, it makes for the good part of the story where he gives it to both of them, which, right. like you're, which is what you're leading toward. Because the older son still doesn't view it as his; he still views it as his father's. Right. So, so how any anyway? How it pans out? I mean, at the end, we know that that the father has given it all over. Yeah. Um. But we don't see the we don't see the son standing up and saying, you know, because because later the son is going to say to the father, "I did everything right. Your son that left did everything wrong." But the son, the the older son, didn't do everything right because he didn't correct. And, and refocus the younger brother. Or show mercy on the younger brother. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Right, um, right. So, so what does he do? He, he he gets the money. The father doesn't say, let me think about it. He doesn't say no. He just says, okay, here you go. One of, yeah, one of the things that we caught in March when we did this together, we was did a cold. It was it was cold. It was just <laughs> I do I do remember and I remember when I listened to the sermon, I, I I was like, oh yeah, I remember talking about this when we were doing Acid Jesus. Is the father had standards, yeah, and he was a hardworking father. You know, like he was trying to instill in his kids, uh, hardworking. Like, what do we know about this father? Well, you you get more of that information from the younger son when he's sitting there with the pigs and he's recognizing, yeah, my my dad was tough. But he was merciful. And so maybe we, I think we sometimes forget about that in the story, is that the father is giving something to his, his sons, not just in property, but in a way of living, in a way of hard work, um, yeah. disciplined work, taking care of the 
the the property and taking care of those things underneath you and 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 giving giving um, adding to the world rather than taking away from the world which which is exactly the opposite of what the younger son wants I mean yeah. he he trades out every he's given something that is functioning he's given something that is that is working and he sells it off and he takes the cash and runs and he goes and he now we're told reckless living, and some people have said prostitution. We're not told. Yeah, the old, the older brother makes the assumption. Right, but the older brother will make that assumption, but we're not told. So let's give credit where credit is due. He just squandered. He it. was. He's yeah. yeah. He's like every other young kid who does stupid things, right? Um, and and he did some some stupid things, and he lost it. He lost it all. And 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 so he's. He hasn't invested. The friends that he thought he had were only there because of the money. The people he had surrounded himself were only there because of the money. When hard times hit, money is done, and there was nothing lasting. He had he had nothing left. So he, he does the worst thing that any Jew could ever think of. He goes and he works with the, the most unclean of all animals. Uh, in the Jewish community, there's the scandal. There's a scandal there in and of itself. Um, how would any God-fearing, uh, self-respecting Jew ever muck pigs, right? I I, I think uh, we do need to take a pause, and I think you've you've hit on it, but I want to stress it again. It's just this idea of so many times we think we're we we know better than God, and we think well, God gives us a system of of giving. Like you are into this world, you're you're called to be unselfish, to show love as God shows love. And and that means doing what's best for somebody else. That means having standards. That means uh, holding on to all of God's word, not just the grace and mercy part, but everything. And we 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 tend to throw that away and say, well, life is really about what, what I can get out of it. And what this younger son also is that same way, where he falls into the, he only, his father is no longer a source of strength, but now is a vending machine that he wants to get everything. From. What can he get from his father? And so what he, instead of using those gifts to help others, he was using those gifts to help himself, surrounding himself with people that are, are the same way. And what does he find? It, God's way or the father's way was actually the better way because everybody around him just took from him, just like he wanted to take from his father. They all took from him. Right. So, it, it this if you're living in a society and you think that the way out the way to live is just to take from everybody else or to see what everybody else can get give you it's it's a it's a it's a it, it you you end up with as the lost son you end up in working in uh, a is, pigsty but it, but isn't isn't that kind of our society right our our society is a society of takers um, you know, we, we, we get into a system and, and this happens in the church, Yeah. um, where, where people come to the church, they take from the church what they need and then they abandon the rest. And, and, and I like what you're saying because, because what is, what is the role that the father has, has shown them? What is, what is it that we are going to see even by his own, we haven't gotten to that section yet, but by his own admission, the son is going to say, there, there is this established system that even the workers were a part of it and received the best, right? And they were provided. And they for, were yeah. provided for. They, they received the best of what they, what was theirs, right? Not everyone gets the same, and that's okay. But they got the best of what was theirs, and and and, and they were well fed and they were taken care of. 
Um, and now I'm, I'm envious of that. And I had even more than that before, but I'm envious of that. And it just makes me, and, and maybe it's because of ministry matters coming up at the end of the year, but how often does that happen in the church? I stand back and I'm like, you know, there's, I could name, I could name on my, on both hands right now, families, and you could too, that I've interacted with over the years where it's like, they, they keep saying, well, what has the church done for me? What, what, what did you bring to it? You know, you, you took church, from everything else yeah, and, you and, took and, from us, but what and are that's you, fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God is God is giving, God is good, and God is is providing for the church outside of you. <laughs> but but in response to what God is providing, what did you bring to the table? And 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 I think I just had this conversation with my mother this morning, um, because she she was she was doing some extra study for the ladies' Bible study, and she came up and she said, um, "I'm having a, a really hard time." And I said, "What's what's wrong, Mom?" And she said, "I'm having a hard time with one of the questions are um, list some benefits of God's law." And she said, there's five spaces. And I said, well, you don't need to fill up all five spaces. She goes, there's five spaces. So I said, okay. And she goes, I can only think of two. And I said, well, what two do you have? She goes, the law tells me I'm a sinner. I said, mirror, good. Mm-hmm. She goes, and the law tells us uh, that there's penalties for the sins that we that don't do horrible things because there's a penalty. And I said, good, that's curb. And she goes, I can't think of anything else. And I said, well, what about guide? I don't know what that is. I said, it's the law given back to Christians as here is a result of your faith. You can now engage with this. You can, you get to do these good and God-pleasing things. It's, it's what we get to bring back to the table. I don't remember that. What about, what about the law is completed in Christ? And now when the Lord says in, in Matthew 5, be perfect as I, the Lord your God, am perfect, He's not commanding you to be perfect. He is placing over you perfection that is already in him because he has kept the law. He has done these things. I said, how is it, how is it that David is able to say that the law is sweet, right? And that it is good and it tastes like honey in my mouth if it wasn't for Christ who is the embodiment of, of living it. I said, I'm just, you know, there's four. Then <laughs> I said, I'll let you figure out the fifth one. But she's like, We've, I don't remember ever learning this. We just have to do. And I said, no, we get to, we get to engage, we get to respond. And I think that's where you're going with, where yeah. the son is realizing, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't in an area of responsibility and obligation. I was in an area of responsibility and, and privilege. I got to do this. I got to contribute. Um, and I'm not talking about privilege in the sense of, oh, look at me, look how great I am and all the benefits I have. It's the privilege of serving someone else. I have, and now I have the privilege to give into this. Is that a good place to go? Yeah, it it is a good reminder to all of us of the good life that God gives to us through his law, properly, like, properly understood, um, that the law is given back to us because of Christ, and it's fulfilled in Christ, but God still says, hey, this is the way to live one man one woman be faithful to your spouse uh, don't cheat don't lie don't swear um at, but you know you when know, you fail yes. yeah when you fail yeah <laughs> right we're not talking about failure we're just talking about this this ideal that you're putting forth right is a good one it's this is the good life to live like this and sometimes we forget that sometimes we become the prodigal son even if we don't go to a faraway country we just think yeah i heard this in church 
but this is not who I am. And I think we've we've talked about that too, where uh, oftentimes uh, people will say, well, my church believes. Well, no, you believe. If you don't believe this, then find another church. But if this is if, if this church that you attend, this is what you believe. This is and this is a good thing. And it, sometimes it is. We need to also uh, go back and look at our own selves and our own heart and say, "Am I the prodigal son?" Even if I haven't left town, if even if I haven't um, gone to a faraway country, I've still squandered this wonderful gift that I'm given of Christ and 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 the good life that God gives to us, gives back to us because of Him, of of. And and holding myself to this, uh, right. and giving my and working on you know self discipline and, and looking on our own our our own hearts and saying how how can I how can I love others better how can I contribute to the lives of those around me rather than taking from them all the time right and again it comes back down to not because I have to but because I get to yep. and it's a privilege that that God is using me to serve others uh, let's jump back into the the text because I think we're going to get to this part where where we see both sons, and we're going to get to the older son eventually here too, but both sons are going to wrestle with the law and, and not fully understand the gospel. Um, so we just finished. We had done 16. Uh, no one gave him anything. He's, he's destitute. Um, 17, when he came to his senses, I love that statement, by the way. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? And I'm dying from hunger. I will get up, go to my father, and tell him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I, I just got to stop here because that's that's the intersection between the older son and the younger son where the law comes in. Because both of them are saying, it's something I have to do. I'm going to give an alternative, right? Here's, Dad, I've sinned against you. Here is my repair. My repair is I will work, right? I will, I will, I will, I will work extra hard. I will do X, Y, Z. I will in myself conform myself to, to, to be back to what you wanted so that I can get, you see where that comes. Yeah, I will, I can, I, at least I, I can be provided have. for. Yeah. Right. But I will put in this. So you provide for me. Cause God, yeah, the father's way was right. The right way, the, of. Uh, uh, he wanted to be around that. He wanted to be around somebody who gives right. rather than somebody who takes. Right. Because he knew he would understand if I'm around somebody who gives, I'm going to make sh- I'm going to be provided for. Right. Um, so then moving yeah. on, what yep. he, what does he do? Uh, so verse twenty, we have uh, he got up, he went to his father. While he was still far away, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, hugged his son, and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf, kill it. Let us eat and celebrate because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found then they began to celebrate and we're going to get to the section of the older son here in a second but uh let's let's talk about the turn of events shall we it is a really good turn of offense his father sees him from far off um and his father's heart goes out filled with compassion that's uh greek uses an onomatopoeia which is uh, a word sounds kind of like uh, what it's trying to describe 
and it's that uh, descri- description of the inner insides, the deeper part, in, yeah, the, yeah, this, <laughs> outgoing towards his towards his son. So I like this because it reminds us of our God's grace for us and how He doesn't wait for us to. Uh, I have to be very careful because. There is a part of repentance. There is going to God and saying, I'm sorry, and going to somebody else and saying, There's they're sorry. But it it fills us in on the mindset of our God that our God isn't sitting there waiting for us to do something before he responds. He's already responding before we he's even done anything. Um, because he's searching for his father. He's searching for his son. He's he can he's looking for his son to return. So um Well, there's the beauty there, right? In the yeah. in the in the text is that that you can take this in a kind of a twofold way. The first is that the father doesn't go out there and and scour his face his son's Facebook pages to see where he is, and he's got him on a GPS tracking device that he's finding out where all of his path is. The father the father is is recognizing some some lessons can only be out of love only can be learned when tough love is applied. But the father is there to pick up the pieces, and and I think that's the the, the key because we see that in the book of uh, Romans too, in the very very opening parts of Romans, um, God gave them over. Right, some lessons you can only learn when 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 the safety net is removed, and you, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of the way that you have decided to live. But that doesn't mean that that help is no longer there. It just means the safety net is removed and you will now get to deal with those consequences. And then we have the father who comes and he, he's there to pick up the pieces always. And, and that, and then some, right. Exactly. Completely restoration. Like, uh, yeah, he, he confesses his sin, but never, gives he never the gets to the point to, uh, now let me tell you my way of fixing it, dad. <laughs> yeah, He's like, no, <laughs> dad's like, no, let me tell you my way of fixing <laughs> it. <laughs> You're right in everything you said. Silence. Now my turn. <laughs> yeah. I'll fix it for you. <laughs> You're skidded bones. Let's get that fattened calf. Let's, uh, yeah. yeah the love that he, uh, expresses his son by hugging and kissing him that, that, the. It, it, he is not. Um, he's not. He's not asking for for anything from the son. He's well, just glad that he's back, and that the son has acknowledged that he has sinned. And, and isn't this the beautiful, the, the, just the beautiful thing, right? Um, maybe from the book that we're reading in a different category. Why American Christianity has failed us is because we have said, when you come to the Lord in repentance. And the Lord freely and fully gives of his grace and he takes all of your sins away. We then follow it up with, but now you have to. Here's my here's my way of showing you I am truly this. And and this is maybe the best example of God asks nothing of you and gives everything to you, right? God asks nothing of you because you could do nothing of what he would demand. Absolutely nothing. I mean, because he's already asked it. Yeah. If you go back to the Ten Commandments, just take it from the first two first two uses of the commandments, uh, the mirror and 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 curb. God says, "Do this, right? Do this. Do it perfectly from the moment that you are conceived to the very moment that I might call you from this world. Do it perfectly, all of them, in every aspect. You you can't because." If I was capable of bringing anything to the table of any sort, that's what I would have to bring. That's what I would have to bring. 
And, and so you have this, you have the son who comes back and he's lost. And the only thing, the only thing that, that he brought to the table was, I am a sinner. <laughs> the truth, which the father already knew. Right. I'm not worthy, no longer worthy to be called your son. Yeah, what did you that, bring exactly to your right. salvation? <laughs> I'm a sinner. <laughs> I'm not worthy. <laughs> what did you, what did yeah. you, what did you yeah. bring to this exactly new life? Right. I need it. <laughs> I brought my need. I, 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 that's what I brought. <laughs> I brought my emptiness. I brought my, I brought my, my, my desire uh, and recognition for something that even wasn't mine because I had to suffer through it to realize I, I don't have it. Um, and what does God give? He gives everything and asks nothing of you because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Why is the son alive again? Because the father has made him alive. Because the son says, I'm not worthy to be called your son. And he doesn't disagree. But the father makes that pronouncement. He's alive. But you are. You are. You're alive again. Yeah. And I'm even going to give you my signet ring so you can start adding uh, stuff to my account again. Right? You can buy things with with my backing. Um, You can can live with, you know, when you want to go out and party with your friends later on after the celebration we have, you can use my signet ring and they'll charge me. Right? There's some, there's some well, joy there. Yeah. I mean, that's really what's implicit in that ring. Put a ring on his finger, right? Right. It is implicit that he's back in, back in the business operations of the, yes. of the farm or ranch or whatever it is. Yeah. So I just it, think it's amazing he was walking around without shoes in a pig pen. <laughs> that's, that's where Pastor Harley's mind goes, everyone. Have you ever been in a pig pen? <laughs> yeah. I have been in a pig pen. I've been in a sheep pen. Yeah, no, that's not. not a place you walk around without shoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I mean, it just I, yeah. the the detail, right? The 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 detail of right down to the very footwear. Um, the Lord makes sure the Father makes sure that that there's nothing lacking for His Son. Um, and, and there's there's loads for us to to unpack as far as what does it mean for us as Christians? Um, are we loving others the way that the Father loves us? that he doesn't ask anything from us, but gives us everything. Are we acting that way with, you know, if someone comes into church and they haven't been at church for a while, do we kind of snidely look at them like, what What are you doing here kind of look? Or are you, if someone comes into church who um, maybe is a cross-dressing, you have a little boy who's confused and her pa- and parents don't uh, don't encourage him in the, in the good way that God has, has placed in front of us as far as gender roles and things, well, how are you going to react to that? Are you going to react like the father saying, I'm so glad you're here. Let's talk about Jesus. And oh, by the way, this Jesus also has a good life ahead of you for what does it mean to be male and female and, and have both the standard and the grace. I think, I think we yeah. do a disservice to this text if it's all about the grace because it, it's shining. That's the big point is the grace and forgiveness. But the other side of it is that the father doesn't change. He is still the father. He is right. still someone who's going to treat and offer something to the world and and give of himself to this world and and, and give the good life to this world. He doesn't that part that hasn't changed is right. that we you've forgotten the second part of his grace and forgiveness. Well, and I think you have that you have that um you have that kind of in the idea of of him taking his son and clothing him as a family member. 
he doesn't he doesn't do what the son has expected you know let me be a hired hand he doesn't he doesn't keep his son off the sides and say okay we'll feed you but mm-hmm. he he brings them back into the family business right he brings them back into not just one who receives but now one who will engage in giving and engage in in doing what it is that we do here in this place and i think you're 100% correct you can't you can't be devoid of we do a disservice to the church when we say that it's all about grace. Is it all about grace? Well, grace is is the hinging point. You know, justification uh, of God declaring us not guilty, not because we've earned it, but because of Him, and that that's that is the focus of the church. But within that focus is then what is our response? And 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 we out of joy respond. We out of joy do these things, and we out of joy also have to be reminded we have a sinful nature that will again kick against the the good life. The good the, life, and we have to put it in check. And so there is this balance of law and gospel that that. And I'm I'm glad you brought it out because we don't necessarily when we first read this look at it and say, "There's law here." There is the the law is you are now a part of the family again. And so there are there are rules, gracious and loving and fence, good fences make good neighbor type rules, but they're here, but they're here because this is good. They're here because now you can engage, now you have a purpose, now you have an ability, now you are strengthened, and when you fail, you're not kicked out of the family. <laughs> when you fail, you're not put on the other side of the fence. You realize I did fail though. I'm forgiven. How do I do this better? Like you so beautifully said. And I think it needs to be said, and thank you for re- reiterating it, because we like the uh, the persona of the rebellious son. We like that idea of being the prodigal son. Like we're all prodigal sons, but or we're we're all the rebels. Maybe it isn't just something that happens when we're teenagers or young adults, but it is something that happens throughout our life. We We still have this persona of wanting to be the one that is um, on the outside. And I think, and I, I think we have to we remember that this is, it, it's about the, it, yes, there's about forgiveness and grace. And what is that? It all starts from the father, but it is also, he is bringing him back, like you said, bringing him bringing you back into the circle. So you're no longer the prodigal son. The prodigal son is not your identity, but that now you're the son of the father. Right. right? And, and, uh, you don't remember what you were before in your rebellion. You remember what you are in, in where he has placed you. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes we, we like to, to fantasize about how rebellious we were as if that was the good thing. It's not a good thing to be outside. It's not a good thing to be dead. It's not a, a, be a, a good thing to be outside of the circle. It's a good thing now to be inside of the circle through what the Father has done for you by sending His Son Jesus, and uh, and in this parable, I guess you should try to keep it textual, but through what the Father has done by putting the clothes on you, by right. putting the the signet ring on you, that now you're inside the circle. Your identity as a prodigal son is no more. A prodigal son is not a good thing. To be the son of the Father, that's the good thing. Right, and and, and I think, and I've read other commentaries on this, and I've read other. Um, Detailings of this, and and the the main question that always comes in is: This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, to the tax collectors. He's he's building this entire case. It's very quite scandalous because this is not what people would do. Um, but then you step back and you say, okay, 
church 2022 closing of the year, um, where's Jesus, right? Because we want to look at every text and say, where, where's Jesus in this text? Where's, where is the one who gives himself, gives his life so that this can happen? Um, and, and I don't know if it's true. I, I think there's open for debate, but, but I had one commentatorist that said, you know, the, um, the Jesus part is the calf that dies. <laughs> the Jesus part is, is, is the calf that's brought in to solidify this new arrangement, this new arrangement, this proclamation, right? The father has claimed his son back and here is the one who truly the the son deserved to be sacrificed the son deserved to be cut off the son deserved to be removed but instead this calf is given um and everyone celebrates uh, up for debate that's fine i i you know but the problem the the, re- <laughs> the reason i say that is because what's going to happen with the older son yeah let's get to the older son exactly i'm ready for the older son are, are you ready? ready for the older son dear I'm listeners ready. i'm ready we're ready let's do it so let's talk about the That's older verse son. 25. Verse 25. So the, his older son was in the field. All right. So the older son was doing the work, right? Engaging in, in producing, right? As he approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked, what was going on? And the servant told him, your brother is here. Your father killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. The older brother was angry, refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. He answered his father, look, these many years I have been serving you and I never disobeyed your command. But you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours arrived, after wasting your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. But it was fitting to celebrate. Be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found. There you go. Uh, again, I, I, I do bring back that that, that that fattened calf is the connecting point of Christ in this because notice the complaint of the older brother, right? I didn't even get a young goat. I didn't, I didn't get that. You know, the, the very thing that solidified your approval, you didn't give to me. Look at what I did, Dad. Look at all the hard work that I've put in. Look at all the commands that I've kept. Look at, granted, I know I slipped up. You know, I didn't, I didn't do X, Y, Z, but I did all these other things. And you did not solidify this, this proclamation of how happy you were with me, with me, by giving me this. And and you did it with this, this other one. But notice the invitation, right? The invitation is, older son, this is for you too. That fattened calf in celebration is for you too. Come in and enjoy it. Come in and partake of it. Come in and eat of it because it's yours. This is celebration for you too. Uh, I think that is a beautiful symmetry. Um, Now I could be completely off base and that's not Christ in this parable at all. Um, You can correct me. Um, Put me up on the stake, whatever. (laughs) Well, get it. Steak. But it's, yeah. Um, What I like about uh, the father and the the older son is the older son, first of all, doesn't 
doesn't go in. He is he's mad. He feels like the he's been wronged by God. In some certain way, the son, the father goes out and pleads for him, pleads, pleads, come inside and come and worship. This 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 fattened calf is for you, and uh, and then the the son, um, when he uh, when he makes all those accusations about your his his brother of yours, the son of yours, like this son, he's not my brother anymore. You know, he's still dead, and the father declares again. He is your he is your brother. I, I made that declaration. This is this I've said it. Here it is. Um, he's alive again. He's lost and now found. And and that beautiful phrase of "You're always with me." The he, the son was looking for validation, and the father says, "You're with me every day. What more validation do you mean? Like I'm right. spending my presence with you. Like he doesn't he doesn't fight back with I never disobeyed any of your commands. Well, the father doesn't say, well, you know, <laughs> there was that day. <laughs> there was that day. And yeah. <laughs> he, he, the father always the son wants to rest on his laurels on his obedience to the father, and the father right. wants the son to rest not on his obedience or what he does for the father, but rest on who he, you're with. You're with me. And right. that that's all the validation. I choose to spend my time with you. I choose to, you know, to give this good life to you. I'm, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving you a way to live. That's a good thing. I'm spending all, you know, every, every moment of my life with you. The, everything that I, I am doing is for you. Well, and, and, and I think some of those things, and just following that with you thought, some of the things that I, I guess I didn't really think through, but I'm picking up as, Notice, you know, from his the father's statement to the older son, everything that I have is yours, but the father is still the one managing it all. The father is still the one working for it all, and it's not even his. He's given it away, and yet he's still on the farm, still doing the work, still putting in. Everyone still respects the father, and yet he's 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 given it to his sons already. So there's that beauty there. But I think this other beauty, and and what you were striking on, is that the father saying, "I'm everything. You know, I'm with you." I think sometimes we look at this and we say, okay, there's these two people who are out of faith, right? And, and I think sometimes when we approach this, this idea of the prodigal son, we say, okay, there's two people that are out of faith. The older son is out of faith. The younger son is out of faith. And this is, this is the Lord bringing us back. And, and I think what we have is, is maybe a slight variation of saying, maybe the older son wasn't out of faith. Maybe the older son just was set in their ways. The older son didn't understand grace as well as he should. Um, he understood that his father was giving. He understood that his father was gracious. And that's what made him upset because he he himself felt he didn't experience enough of it. I think even Christians can be like become like um, um, dry, crusty bread. We can become bitter. Like it's yep. so hard for us to follow the rules. It's so hard for us to hold on to God's word. Like God's word says these things about marriage and says, these, why don't we just, if we just lessened up on how oppressive the law of God is and, and be more like more welcoming and more forgiving, forgiving in the terms of, uh, overlooking sin as if sin is not a big deal anymore. Well, then we, we'd be in a better spot and we can become like the older, older How brother. How big could we be as a church if... If only this we did this, that, right. or the other thing. And we don't even get we don't even get a chance to celebrate. We don't even get, you know, we're, it's, it's, we're always getting beaten down by what uh, we are not and, and how uh, other 
churches or institutions seem to be thriving, but we're struggling. And it's so hard to, to be a follower of God. And God reminds us, I'm always with you. Well, here, I'm, everything I have is yours. The, the forgiveness, heaven, um, blessing, yours. Think of Jesus saying, here, I'm giving you my body and blood. Every time you, you celebrate yeah. the Lord's Supper, what more, what more do you want? You want validation that God loves you? Or do you want, what do you want? Well, and, and I think it comes in because I think we have here, a lot of... Here it is. I mean, here yeah. is the validation that God loves you is in, in the gifts that he offers. Yeah. But I think I think as people, like you said, we get we get kind of, in our older age, we get kind of crusty and say, this is this is where we, this is what we're used to. This is what we want. Um, and this is what everybody else, the way I did it, someone else should pick up from where I left off and do it the same way because I'm comfortable with that. Um the other thing that comes into this this whole idea with with this text is the simple fact that how many times in the church have you had people say, but I did, but I did, but I did, but no one else has stepped up to do it. And then you say to them, then stop doing it. Take a break. And you're like, but if I do, no one else will do it. Then maybe it didn't need to be done. Have you ever thought of that? That if no one else steps into the break, if no one else steps into that position, did it need to be done? Or were you just doing it because it made you feel good? That you were contributing? Yeah. Or or were you, you so... You weren't doing it to add to the yeah. community. You were doing it for yourself. Yeah, you weren't doing it because this is a benefit to the community and benefit to the body of Christ. You were doing it because I enjoy the result. And then you got tired of doing it but still want to enjoy the result, right? Um, and so we have to be really, really careful um, as as children of God, because we are creatures of habit. We are creatures that are still struggling with a sinful nature, even though we have been redeemed by the blood of Christ, and that that new man who has all the gifts to live in this glorious kingdom are ours. We still struggle with this, this in, part of us that says, I have to do this because, but then the because alters. I have to do this because no one else will. No, you, you're saying you have to do this because deep down you like the fill in the blank. No, I have to do this because no one else, someone else would pick it up if it was needed. It just would, you know, I, I remember one, I remember um, one vacancy that I did and one person was, she was old. She, God bless her. But she always did the pyramids. She changed the pyramids. And then that was her thing. And it was a small congregation. They didn't have a lot of people. She was the only altar guild. I get it. But she was like, I, if I don't do this, no, it will never get. And I said, is it a sacrament? No. Does it pronounce the word of God and the grace of Christ? Um, no. Is it pretty? Yes. Do you like it? Yes. Stop. And I said, if it's so important and someone else wants to do it, guess what? They'll step up and do it. They'll ask, how can this be done? They'll, they'll say, I missed that, and they will help you. Um, it's one of those things where, where we have to step back sometimes as God's people and say, how much of this is me? And how much of this is, is like you said, feeding into the body of Christ? Because this is what the body of Christ truly needs. Uh, and this is a glorious and good thing. 
Um, now, I'm not saying what this man was doing was not good because he probably was working and bringing in crops and he was probably, you know, running the soundboard in the back of the church and playing him soft. Or <laughs> yeah, he was the Pharisees <laughs> and the teachers of the law who were holding on to God's word. They were proclaiming it all the time and they were yeah. trying to teach God's people, but then they had lost its message of grace. And they so forgot it, to celebrate. And they forgot to celebrate that the God, <laughs> God is with them in this word that they're proclaiming, that God is... Um, a gracious God who does have a standard, does have yeah. um, those kinds of things, but he is also forgiving. <laughs> do you, do you kind of, do you see the, the point that dad, the father's making when he says all this was yours to the son? Cause remember the son saying, uh, you never gave me anything. You, and then the father says, it's all yours. <laughs> it's all yours. Go take one of your own calves and kill it. <laughs> go, go take a young goat. <laughs> Have have an evening with your friends. It's yours. Um, you know, wow. What a statement. What a statement to say, you know, um, this is yours. Enjoy it. Live in it. You're right. Um, I'm reading a book. Maybe I'll, I won't finish it before the end of this year, but I'm reading a book uh, that's, that's about um, every day or every week communion. And I kind of treat it in the same. You've been reading that book for a while. It's really meaty when it comes to like following the practices of communion throughout time. But but it, one of the things it's made me think about is in living life um, and living faith, the, the job of the church is not to dictate when we will provide the calf for you to enjoy and celebrate, but it is to have it there for you when you desire to receive it. Um, and I see that in this father's comment. I see that that idea of it wasn't the father to dictate you can have it here and only here or there and only there, but it's yours to receive and to enjoy and to be a part of um, and to live in and to make use of because this is good. Um, there's a joy there. And then to celebrate with those people who come in who have been lost, who are now made alive. They were in the state of lostness. They were in the state of death. Um, and now they're in a totally different state that that is just, and they get to be like you, right? And eventually they'll turn into you. Um, but there's a joy to that too. Um, and, and this is good. I don't know. There's, we could talk forever on this. I mean, there's a hundred different sermons in this one, one text. Yeah. So I agree. You got anything else that, that I, you want to. This pair, I, I have a closing thought. If you're ready for closing thoughts. If you want to close, just let's close do it. it off. Close the thought. Um, this this parable has often been called the gospel within the gospel, the crown of the parables, because it reminds us of uh, both law and gospel, reminds us of both justification and sanctification, uh, all found in Christ who willingly uh, gave his life for us and who also gives us a good life to live. And there you go. 